0: as we go into God's Word together every week. But if you are uh, a member of another church, we don't want this to be in any way, shape, form, or fashion a substitute uh, for you being connected to your local body. So our prayer is is that God uses His Word to change you and to change others. So we pray that God will use you and this message for His glory. Have a great day. So if you have a copy of God's Word, will you turn to Psalm 20? Psalm 20 is where we're going to be this morning. Those of you watching online, those who are in the overflow, we are so grateful to have you here today. Uh, We are so just excited. Uh, We didn't know we were going to have air conditioning until nine o'clock last night. Uh, We did not have full electricity on our campus until 9 p.m. And so we were ready to meet in the courtyard. Uh, We were ready to meet on the football field. Uh, We were ready to do whatever it takes because we need to gather, we need to gather. Psalm 20, let's all stand as we read God's word. Psalm 20 in verse one. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation in the name of our God who sets up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know... That the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Now let's read verses seven and eight together. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. You may be seated. So how has your week been? (laughs) We knew that a hurricane was coming, but most of us thought it wouldn't hit us. (laughs) See, the problem with hurricanes, as one person put it, is he said that it's like being stalked by a tortoise. (laughs) For many of us, Tuesday was a stressful day. It's a day that we pretty much knew something was coming. For me, it was particularly stressful. Uh, that day I was supposed to fly to Richmond, Virginia. I'm a trustee for the International Mission Board, and uh, this was a very important meeting, and actually, a couple from my last church in Sanford was to be appointed as missionaries, and they're going to be missionaries in Columbia. And I wanted to be there. I'd literally been waiting 18 months to fly and go on this trip to be there to celebrate with them. And, and everything was just going nuts. So there was a hurricane coming, and, and it was very obvious that we were in the cone, and the spaghetti models, and all the spaghetti, and the spaghettios, and all that stuff were there. And, and that was. That was Monday, Tuesday. And Tuesday morning, I forgot to also tell you, I've got a text message from my dad at 2.18 a.m. that says, your mom has just had a heart attack. Please pray. I talked to my sister, she's in tears. Mom's had a massive heart attack uh, and she's in the hospital. Can you come? And I'm like, well, (laughs) I'm supposed to be in Virginia. Hurricane's coming. A lot of things. And so my first instinct was to go up there, but praying, thinking through the best thing I could do in light of all the different circumstances was to stay and to pray. She lives five hours away. It would have been a mess through the center of the state and God only knows. So I decided to stay, but then later on, I got a call from my sister again saying, mom has had another heart attack and she has to have open heart surgery, emergency surgery. And so I called my mom and talked to her, prayed with her. She said, Stay where you are, take care of your family. And so that was what we did. We hunkered down. All of us hunkered down. All of you who got water, milk, and bread, you drank your water, ate your bread, and your milk while that all took place. And there we were. The winds and the waves and the rain and some of us who live further inland didn't get it as bad as those who lived on the coast. And and we know this wasn't as much of a wind event as Irma was. It was more of a flooding event, but yet the wind and the devastation. I mean, Naples recorded 112 mile, mile per hour Wind gusts, This storm surge has been unprecedented in our county. The wind and the flood damage in Lee and Charlotte counties are absolutely devastating. I mean, you can't get to Sanibel Island. You can't get off of Sanibel Island. There may not be a Sanibel Island. So much devastation. Some of you are still trying to clean up. Some of you are still praying for your electric to come back on. Right now, I saw, just before I came on here, about 27% of our county is without electricity. Cell phone service. How much we depended upon the cell phone. Internet. But it's also been a great opportunity for our church, right? Right? to be in the community, to help those who are in need. And we want to help you. But this has been a roller coaster, right? <laughs> it's been something. And whatever I've gone through, some of you have gone through worse. I mean, I've talked to a lot of our medical personnel, and there are people literally in the hospital who need dialysis, who need chemotherapy, who need all these things. And there's, it's, it's not been easy. And probably the biggest emotion outside of fear and uncertainty is stress. Tim Keller says that whenever you are in times of stress, you should go to the Psalms. The Psalms are medicine for everything. They depict every situation that the human being can be in and they address every emotion you can ever have. The Psalms... Uh, help us process the emotions. It, it is a song book, but it is an emotional book, and it, and it helps us direct our mind on God. And so this Friday, I had a, another sermon planned for today, and it wasn't going to fit, so I just said, Lord, what do you want to do? And so in my daily reading, God directed me to Psalm 20. And Psalm 20 is written by a guy named David. David was the king of Israel. It was sung and, and played and prayed before the nation of Israel went to battle. It was a rally cry for God's people during and after the crisis. It was a rally cry to trust God in the days of trouble. And so that's what we're going to do today. As we go through this psalm, we're going to see that it's divided into two sections. The first section is David's prayer for others. That's where you'll see that second person, you. May the Lord bless you and answer you. And then the second section of this psalm is David preaching to himself. And so, my hope is this morning is that when you and I go through days of trouble we can trust God by reminding others of the goodness of God and reassuring ourselves of the gospel of God. So let's just dive into that. Number one, we need to, in the days of trouble, if we are to learn to trust God, we must remind others of the goodness of God. Verse one, he says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. The day of trouble was for everyone who went to war and that day, every battle was a day of trouble. Every battle was a test of faith. Every time you went out to war, it was literally life or death. Some of you, and we're so thankful for our military personnel, you can testify that every time you went out on a mission, you didn't know you would come back. Well, here, these brave soldiers were to go out to battle and they didn't know whether they would return or not. And they knew that even if they did return, they may not return the same way that they came. And so David here, as he's calling and rallying his troops is saying, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. See, all of us are going to go through a day of trouble. We just went through a day of trouble. But after this day of trouble is over, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be other days of trouble. Men that is bo- man that is born of a woman is but a few days and full of trouble. It's been said that either, uh, that we're in one of three situations in life. We are either in trouble, coming out of trouble, or headed to trouble. Some of you are in the middle of it, lost your house. Lost possessions. I mean, we literally went to a house on Friday and, and we were carting out all of their stuff. Some of you have lowered incomes, struggling relationships. I mean, it's it's been said that you were before the hurricane, you were to write down everything you love about your kids and your family so that 72 hours after the hurricane you will remind yourself you still love your family. <laughs> no electricity. But let me just tell you something, as bad as this is, we had Irma five years ago or four years ago, and we're probably going to have something else again. That's the the blessing and the curse of living where we live. But yet we know that regardless of a physical hurricane, there are going to be problems in life. And so we need others to remind us and we need to remind others of at least three things. The things that we need to be remind others are this. We need to remind others in the midst of trouble, the protection of God, the presence of God, and the power of God. So the first thing we see that David says here is he says, may the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. We need to remind others in the day of trouble that God is there to protect you. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. When the Bible speaks about a name, it speaks about God's character, his reputation, who God is. So what name is this name? Well, it's Yahweh, the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, the covenant-keeping, always faithful God. The name that was given to Moses is the great I am, the one who has always been and always will be. When God revealed his name to Moses and said, I am Yahweh, he he was telling Moses this. It's not who you are, Moses, it's who I am that matters. Now he says here the name of the God of Jacob. We're reading here, what does that have to do with the price of tea in China? What does this mean? What is this about? Well, this was a specific phrase that points back to another passage of scripture that would have been known in that day, which is Genesis chapter 35, verse three, where Jacob said of God that he is the God who answers me in the day of my distress That this Yahweh, this God, the God of Jacob, is the God who always answers in the day of distress. David had to remind others around him that the same God who protected us in the past is the same God who's not gonna forsake us now. The same God who took care of us in Irma is gonna take care of us in Ian. The same God who is there with us then is the same God who's gonna be with us now. But, 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 but let me let you in on something. Often we don't see that in a moment. In the middle of the storm, we don't see that. But it's looking back over the history of our lives that we see that God's faithfulness to us is far greater than my faithfulness to him. Why does he say the thing about the name? The name's going to be all throughout this because God's name and God's fame are on the line for his people. If you are his child, he has stamped his name on you. He has a trademark on you. He not only created you, but he redeemed you, adopted you, saved you, and therefore, if he turns his back on you, then he's not worth following. But because he is our protector and our deliverer, he has stamped his name on us in love. And therefore, we can take it to the bank that he will protect us. But I'm telling you, in the days of trouble, we need to be reminded of that. And in the days of trouble, we got to remind others of that. And often in our reminding others of that, we remind ourselves of that. The second thing we need to be reminded of and we need to remind people of is this, the presence of God. He says in verse two, may he send help from the sanctuary and support from Zion. You say, what does that have to mean? Glad you asked. Both here are symbolic of God's holy presence. Where the sanctuary is, is the holy place. Zion is where uh, God dwelt. And so he's saying that would God be there with his presence? So this help and support was the presence of God. That God was with them and God was for them. That God would never forsake them, but would always be with them. And the greatest help and the greatest support that God can give us is his presence. I mean, how many of you in this few days have experienced the presence of God Those little God winks, those moments that you know you're not alone. We have to remind others in the day of trouble that they are not alone. That whatever we face, whatever obstacle comes our way, we have to understand that we are not forgotten. We will never be abandoned. And we are not on our own because he promised to never leave us and never leave us alone. See, peace, the peace the world doesn't have, the peace that some of you have experienced in the moment of crisis this week? You know what peace is? Peace is not the subtraction of the problems of life. Peace is the addition of the presence of God in the middle of your problems. See, the support that we need is only found in his presence. The Bible says that in his presence is the fullness of joy. Joy is different than happiness. Happiness depends on what happens. And we weren't probably very happy this week. But we can still have joy. Because joy comes from the Lord. And if God is with me, who cares who's against me? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. We got to remind folk that in the day of trouble, we have the protection of God. Because he stamped his name on us. We have the presence of God. He promised never to leave us. And number three, the power of God. We have to remind folk about the power of God. He says in verse four, may may he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. Now, what does that mean? Because some of you say, well, my heart's desire was my internet come back on. My heart's desire is we can watch the Alabama-Arkansas game on CBS, but Wink is flooded. Thank God Kentucky wasn't on that, although it's probably just as well. What does he mean here? He'll grant your heart's desires and fulfill all your plans. David was a man after God's own heart. You know what made him a man after God's own heart? Is because he believed God and he acted according to that belief. And he wanted God to be glorified in his life. And here's what you got to understand. When you want what God wants, then God delights in giving you what you want. When you want what God wants, when you want God's glory, when you want good for others, when you want to see the glory of God and the name of God magnified, when you want that as the number one thing you want, then God delights in giving you what you want. See, David believed that God could do anything, and you know, we had a team go out. I heard this story yesterday. We had, a team, we had tons of teams going out with food, and, and literally we had all this food, and we were trying to figure out what to do with some of it, and we just said, hey, y'all go find places that are in need and just go, and so we had some strategic places, and we just kind of went out where literally where the Holy Spirit led us. And there was this one group who went up to Benita. They went to an apartment complex. Now, if I've got some of the facts of this story wrong, I know the gist of it. And so that, that won't be a problem. But, but they went to Benita and they went to this apartment complex. And my understanding is, is that there were a lot of older people that are there and there was a massive flooding. People lost their cars. I think the first floor was, was flooded and, and they were just stuck there. And another church in our community, and praise God, we don't have just one church. We have churches that make up the church of Jesus Christ here in our city. Amen. And so another church, they just went out and prayed. And they went out praying for these people that were stuck here, huddled up in this little apartment complex. And they prayed, God, we don't have the resources, but Lord, we pray that you provide them resources. And as soon as they got done praying, the story that I was told is that our people showed up immediately with resources. See, you have to understand the power of God. That wasn't an accident or a coincidence. That was God's divine intervention. We got to remind others of the the protection of God, the presence of God, the power of God. He says here in verse five, may we shout for joy over your salvation. David, as they are about to head to battles, is praising God for the victory that he is going to give him over his enemies. He could anticipate and, and celebrate what God was going to do. Let me tell you something right now. I'm already claiming victory over what God's going to do through his church in this area for his glory. Because our God can do it. He says, I'm praising you for what you're already going to do. And I love it in verse five. And the name, in the name of the Lord, uh, the name of our God set up our banners. The banners here is your flag. When you defeated an enemy, you planted your flag. Well, he's already saying here that, God, you're going you're to let me plant the flag of victory on the enemy's fort that what the enemy meant for evil, you're gonna do something good. He believed that God was gonna give him victory. And so what we see in these few verses is that we need two things in the day of trouble from other people. We need prayers and we need encouragement. And the best thing that you can do for somebody is pray for them and encourage them in God. The best thing you can do is to tell them that God loves you and God's not gonna abandon you, that he has not forgotten you. And listen, it is easy in the middle of the storm to struggle with doubt. That's when we need to be reminded of who God is. You know, sometimes when things are tough, you know what most of us do? We often sit around with those who are going through difficult moments and criticize and agree with them about how bad things are. Man, it stinks. Electric's out. Man, it stinks. The Internet's down. It stinks. Verizon stinks. (laughs) And you say, yeah, buddy. It's horrible. And then you turn in like hee-haw, and it's like gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, we'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony, oh me. And then you have, amen? Well, listen. We shouldn't join into the pity party. We shouldn't join into the chorus of the critics. We should stand up and tell others of the goodness of God in the land of the living. And listen, my friends. That is why the church matters. God did not create us and save us to do life by ourselves. It is great to have a packed house here, and we normally have three services, but that's why we have the church. we got to have each other. We're going to have bad days. Mama said they'd be bad days. We need each other. Yesterday, we were going around, and I was praying, and and struggling, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm a, I mean, I'm pretty screwed up. I mean, if you don't believe me, ask my wife. She'll give you a list. <laughs> pretty messed up. And there I was trying, you know, sometimes if you ever catch me and I'm like in a position of like running, I, I just have issues, okay? But I'm, at least I'm honest about them. Some of y'all aren't even honest, all right? <laughs> and I was on my way to something, and a lady come up to me. She might be in the room. If you are, you are an awesome person. She came up to me, she said, Pastor, God is good she was waiting for me to say all the time. (laughs) All right. (laughs) And so she said, God is good. And I looked at her, I wasn't really happy, but I said all the time. she looked at me again, she said all the time, you know, she was looking for God is good. And and I said, well, somebody has been listening to sermons. (laughs) I said, I knew there was one, you know? And um, so she said, pastor, you have no idea that reorients my week focuses me on God to know he's good. And I said, you know what? It does me too. And right now that's what I need. We need each other to tell us that God is good. You got to do that. So the best thing you can do this week is to remind others of the goodness of God, the protection of God, the presence of God and the power of God. But that's just the first point second point is this. We got to reassure ourselves in the gospel of God. Notice in verse six, we're we're working through here. Okay. He says, now I know. Do you notice a change there? You grammatical folk, you English scholars. It went from second person to first person. The prayer changes and he uses the word. I know that's the Hebrew word. You're going to learn Hebrew today. Yada. Episode of Seinfeld, you remember when she says, Elaine says, yada, yada, yada? <laughs> yada means to know. The word yada, to know, is not just I have factual knowledge. The word, the Hebrew word, means to have personal, intimate knowledge. So he says here, he says, May the Lord do this. Now I know. I know from personal experience <laughs> that God protects you that God is with you and that God's going to give you the victory. And he says here, I know this as a fact that the Lord saves his anointed. Now, who is his anointed? We know that David was his anointed, but he knows and that he will answer from his holy heaven and and the saving might of his right hand. And so what David is saying in this song is this is not my first rodeo. This is in the Allen version. Been there, I've done that, and i got a T-shirt to prove it. Think about David's life, those of you who remember his story. He, he, he says, basically, you know what? God saved me from a giant named Goliath. When I was a kid, and then he, he just, everybody knew his story. God saved me from a crazy king called Saul. When I was a young adult. And basically, David is saying, God's gone too far, to stop saving me now. And I've gone too far with him to turn back now. See, see the reality, what David here is doing as he changes here it is the same reality that you and I need is that before you and I can preach the gospel to others, I gotta preach it first to myself. I mean, the reason that David could remind others is because he was reassured himself in God. You know, like, have you ever been on an airplane? and they tell you the stuff that you don't ever listen to but you, because it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. But you remember where they say, if, if in case these little masks come down because we've lost cabin pressure, and if you know that happens, God help us, and the, cabin, the, the little masks come down, what do they say to do? That you put your mask on first before you help others. Why is that? Because essentially, if you're dead, you can't help anybody else. So what David here is saying is that we got, I I know I can look back in my history. I have been preaching the gospel to myself. I'm reminding myself of all that God has done. We see this in other Psalms, Psalm 42, verse five. The Psalmist says, why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Maybe that's some of y'all this week. And he says, he, now he speaks to himself. He says, hope in God, for I again shall praise him, my salvation and my God. He, talk, he goes from talking to himself to preaching to himself. Martin Lloyd-Jones on this passage said, instead of listening to yourself, you must preach the gospel to yourself. Preaching the gospel to yourself is not just a mind exercise of reciting facts without engagement of the heart. You have to remind yourself of the extravagant love, the incredible work, and the majestic beauty of Jesus Christ. And so, verse seven. Now notice, it goes from second person, you, y'all, because David was from the south, (laughs) southern Israel, Bethlehem, to I, first person, singular, to now we. This is not the royal we, this is us, and that's encouragement together. And here's what he says, verse seven. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. Now, what does that have to do? The horses and chariots were the greatest military weapons at that time. They were advanced technology. They often guaranteed success in battle. If you heard that your opponent had chariots and horses, you were scared. But what he says to us, is that some do that. Some put their trust in horses and chariots. And, and we don't necessarily today put our trust in horses or chariots. But there are horses and chariots that we put our trust in. And those horses and chariots in our culture may be as following the government. We're going to be all right. The government's got us. Yeah. <laughs> With that, is politicians. Some trust in the government. Some trust in politics. Some trust in their identity. I am this and I am that. Some trust in their wealth. I got all this money. You can have all the money in the world, but you can't stop a storm. If you don't believe me, go down to Port Royal. Right? And if you live there, we love you. We love you. We love you. And we're there to serve you. We're there to help you. Some trust in fame in power, in notoriety. Some do that, but what does he say? But we trust in the name of the Lord, our God. Everyone else may put their trust in millions of other things, but as for us, we're gonna trust in the Lord because anything other than God is not worth my trust because anything other than God will not last, cannot protect, will not be with me and does not have any power to save Did any of y'all get any text messages from folk up north? Like I've got people I hadn't heard from and I thought I made mad. How you doing? How you doing? How's it going? Are you still alive? It's amazing. And so, you know, you, after a while, it's copy and paste, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Let's be honest, right? This is honest time with Pastor Allen. It's copy and paste. You wrote somebody something, you copied and pasted it. You just got to make sure you didn't put their name in it, all right? <laughs> Bob, I'm fine. Well, this isn't Bob, this is Sally. I mean, well, you know, well, I, the other Bob, all right? So, so you would get this. And, and so there, there was this moment that that's, I got to ask, like a million, do y'all have power? Y'all have any power? Y'all got power? That's what we saying in Kentucky. Y'all got power? And so I would start, I just text this one person. Say, well, I said, well, have, we have power at our house. And then I, I wrote this. I said, but the church does not. And I got like convicted over that. The church doesn't have electricity, but it's got power. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something right now. The church's power never goes out. And the church's power (laughs) will never go out. (laughs) Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Because our power doesn't come from FPL. Our our power comes from G-O-D. And his power is not buried underneath his power is not in a line to line. His power is inside of us in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's why I ain't gonna trust people outside of me when I've got God's power inside of me. Because what does he say in verse eight? I'm almost done, I'm almost done. They collapse and fall. Who are the they? Well, the they, the horses and chariots collapse and fall. Horses, if you, listen. Horses don't last forever chariots fall apart. Think of how much trust we put into things. If you want to see what you really love, let's let it be taken away and you'll see how much you really love it. I mean, how much do we depend on electricity? How much do we depend on the internet? How much do we depend on this, that, and the other? Our houses are all these things. Listen, all those things in the middle of crisis are powerless to save. But I don't think it's just what he's talking about is the horses and chariots collapse and fall. I think it's ultimately those who trust in anyone or anything other than God will collapse and fall on the day of trouble. A wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. So let me in, let you in on something. The greatest battle that you and I face every day, especially in the day of trouble, is not the enemy out there the greatest battle we fight is the enemy in our hearts because there is a battle every day in our hearts for who we will trust. And every day you have to choose who you will trust. Will you trust in your goodness and your works and your, and your piety to get you to heaven or will you trust Jesus? Will you trust in your career, your wealth, and your possessions? Will you trust in your family, your relationships, and your kids? Will you trust in your beauty, your athletic ability, intellect, or talent? Or will you wholeheartedly trust the Lord? That's the question every day. And as you go through the crisis, and as you still don't have electricity, and as you still are dealing with the aftermaths of this, there is a battle, an unrelentless battle in your heart. Am I going to trust God or not? So here's, as we end... How can we trust the Lord rather than horses? Great question. Because as much as this psalm is about David, it's really about his son. As much as it's about the son of David, it's it's about a true and better David. As much as it's about the anointed, it's about the Lord's anointed who is Jesus Christ. This psalm's got Jesus all over it. See, all the days of Jesus's life were days of trouble. Jesus, who is God, came and lived in our trouble. He came to us in our trouble. He answered us in our day of trouble and he went through trouble with us. He came. He he didn't just send an angel. He came from his sanctuary from Zion and he came to bring help and support. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And God heard his sacrifice because his sacrifice wasn't bulls or goats. He gave himself as a sacrifice. And God desired to do his will because Jesus says not my will, but your will be done. Didn't he? God gave him the desires of his heart, and God came uh, through Jesus to bring victory. And think about this. Jesus planted his flag of love on the enemy's territory and won the ultimate victory for us. And so because of Jesus, we can reassure our hearts not that God will bring victory, No, we don't have to reassure our hearts that God will bring victory. We can reassure our hearts that God has already brought victory in Jesus Christ. That we can rest in the victory that he won for us on the cross in the empty tomb. That there is nothing that is picking on us or bothering us or scaring us that he has not already overcome. See, when your roots are deep in Jesus, there is no reason to fear the wind. And every day we have to reassure our hearts of what Jesus has done for us and what he has promised to do for us. And we have to build every day around Jesus as the first priority. And when, listen, when you seek first Jesus, everything else seems to fall into place. I wrote this this week and it was very convicting to me. And here's what I want to help you with. I said, you won't trust God all day if you don 't start in the morning, you got me you won 't trust Jesus all day if you don 't start in the morning. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. who are they? those who put their trust in the Lord? those who put their trust in the Lord will stand when everyone else falls apart those who trust in the Lord may be stirred, but they will not be shaken. We have a trust that money cannot buy, time cannot tarnish, and hurricanes cannot destroy. Why? Because Jesus went through the worst day for us on the cross. And because he went through the worst day in the history of the universe for us, we can endure whatever day comes our way. Because think about this. Jesus was abandoned on his worst day. And he was abandoned on his worst day so that we will never be abandoned in our worst day. On Tuesday, after I found out my mom needed a triple bypass surgery, I called her and I told her I loved her. I told her that God is good. I told her that God loves her more than I do. And I prayed with my mom. My mom, as soon as I'm done praying, it was in the back of the church. Rain was coming down. Here's what she said. I tried to record it, but I couldn't figure it out. So I typed it up. She said, son, I'm not worried. I'm just trusting God. She said... I said that when I came to the hospital to all the nurses. She said, I'm going to say that to all the nurses when I leave the hospital. She said, don't worry about me, son. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm safe in the hands of the Lord. I talked to my mama yesterday. First time, the first word she said to me on the phone. Is God is good? I didn't say all the time, but I just said, (laughs) you know. She said, God is good. Her voice was weak. She says, I'm in a lot of pain. But she says, I'm safe in the hands of the Lord. I don't know why you came to church today. Maybe this is your first time in a church. Maybe you're scared to death. Who are you trusting in? That's the question. Are you trusting in the horses and the chariots of this world? Are you trusting in Jesus? The difference is this. Those who trust in the chariots and horses of this world fall and collapse in the day of trouble. And those who trust in the Lord in the day of trouble stand upright. And so today... I'm just going to give you a simple opportunity. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your savior, you've never given him your life. Today's that day you could be saved. And what if it were that God allowed a hurricane to ravage our community so that you can have a personal relationship with him? I believe God's going to save a lot of people in our community over these next few weeks. And maybe that's gonna be you today. So if you're here today and your little stomach and heart is kind of fluttering and you know that you're not right with God and you know that you're not trusting in God, I wanna just give you an opportunity right now, just as you are, to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you, to save you, to be the Lord of your life. So would you just bow your heads? Everybody bow your heads in the room. Nobody's gonna be looking around. This is just you and God. If you're here today and you say, pastor, I'm just not sure that I'm a Christian. I'm not sure that I've surrendered my life to God. I'm not really trusting him as my savior. If that's you right now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This is not some magic in this prayer. It's just you talking to God. And so you don't even have to say the same words I say. You can just say whatever's on your heart. You can just say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and he'll save you. But I want to give you that opportunity right now, because I don't want to leave here and not all of you go to heaven with me one day so you just bow your heads and if you're here and you want to trust Jesus to save you then would you pray a prayer like this Lord Jesus I'm a sinner and I have lived for myself and God I've been trusting in so many different things rather than you but today Jesus I trust in you would you forgive me of my sins would you save me And would you be the Lord of my life? I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Forgive me and save me. In Jesus' name. Now, every head bowed, every eyes closed. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna know to pray for you. If you're watching online, if you prayed that prayer, let us know. If you're here, I want you to do something courageous. I promise you nobody's looking around. If you just prayed and asked Jesus to save you for the very first time, you gave him your life, you surrendered your life to him, I wanna know it so I can celebrate with you. I'm not gonna call you out or pick on you, but if that's you today, would you just raise your hand about as high as you can raise it? Just as high as you can. I see a bunch of hands. I see a bunch of hands in this room. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. You can put those hands down. If you raised your hand, Would you just let us know? Fill out that little connection card. Just say, hey, put your name, your address or your your email address or your phone number and say, I just prayed to trust Christ my Savior. So about eight or nine hands in the room. So if that's you, or if you just want somebody to pray with you, let us know. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us as we go through God's word together. I pray again that God will transform you from the inside out. So as we say here at First, you have come to church. Go out and be the church. Have a great week of worship. We can't wait to see you soon.